CBDC, the Bank for Canadian Entrepreneurs, is a proud partner of the Startup Women podcast. BDC is here for women entrepreneurs in their efforts to move forward and achieve their business goals. To meet their specific needs, BDC provides financing, strategic advice, and has a wide selection of free resources. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women. BDC is here for what's ahead. Scotiabank Women Initiative is a signature program designed to increase economic opportunity for individuals who identify as women or non-binary to be successful now and in the future. This unique offering helps women pursue their best professional and financial futures by providing unbiased access to capital and tailored solutions, bespoke specialized education, holistic advisory services, and mentorship. For more information, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. You're listening to the Startup Women Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Startup Women Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and all of the support that you need to make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, CEO at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have Isabel Houdon on our show today. Isabel is the president and CEO of BDC, the Bank for Canadian Entrepreneurs. As BDC's first woman CEO, Ms. Houdon brings a deep business background and a clear vision for an inclusive economy to support growth for Canadian entrepreneurs. She is a champion of diversity, gender equality, and the green economy, leading BDC's 2,500-person team in their efforts to help Canadian entrepreneurs grow resilient, sustainable businesses. From 2017 to 2021, Ms. Hudon served as Ambassador of Canada to France and Monaco and the personal representative of the Prime Minister of Canada for La Francophonie. Previously, she was the President and CEO Quebec and Senior Vice President of Sun Life Financial Canada, overseeing impressive growth across all business lines. She has held seats on numerous boards of directors, including those of Hydro-Québec, Groupe Marcel, Holt Renfrew, and the Canada Council for the Arts, and is the co-founder of the A-Effect program to help empower ambitious women. Ms. Houdon received the Medal of the National Assembly of Quebec for her commitment to women's ambition, the Queen Elizabeth II Diamond Jubilee Medal for raising awareness of culture in Canada, and was awarded an honorary degree of Doctor of Law from Concordia University in 2017. Welcome to the show, Isabel. Thank you, Kyla. Thank you very much for the invitation. Absolutely. So, Isabel, take us on your career journey. How did you find yourself at BDC as their first woman CEO? Well, I guess it's not my first to be the first, uh, mm. Kyla. I, I was um, I was the first uh, woman to lead the Montreal Board of Trade in the uh, early 2000s. I was the first uh, president for Sun Life Financial Quebec, 
And then I was the first to be the Canadian ambassador to France and Monaco. Mm. And here I am again, <laughs> the first <laughs> woman to lead uh, BDC. And we could have a, a debate, Kyla, if it's worth mentioning. And it's not necessarily worth for my for personal reasons, but as we will talk over the next uh, few minutes on the importance of having women in leadership roles and um, a woman entrepreneur, I, I do think that it, it is important to have a greater number of models and, and role models out there, highly visible, so that uh, girls, younger women or, or less young uh, women, can see that it is possible for all of us if we wish to get up the ladder and and get to to the top that it is possible because usually Kyla women are way much better to replicate what they see mm. than to um, endeavor into a journey a, a more unknown or unrecognized journey or mm. unconventional journey so here I am, the first woman to lead BDC. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> and I, I can't wait to dive into all of those different elements that you just mentioned. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, looking at the successful career that you've had so far, both in the private and the public sectors, you've mentioned being, you know, president, CEO, Quebec, and senior VP at Sun Life Financial Canada, then acting as the ambassador of Canada to France and Monaco. What are the lessons here that you've learned from this transition from the public to the private sphere? That's one specific angle I'd love to explore and how you plan on bringing these learnings to you um, at BDC. I think the adaptation going from Sun Life to uh, Paris was probably um, a more important uh, mm -hmm. adaptation than, uh, than it was when I moved back this summer from Paris to, uh, to Montreal, only to say that I was coming back home. So that's there, there's something a little bit easier to come back home than to move in a country where you cannot say that it's home. Also, moving from the private sector into diplomacy, that's not a natural path, Kyla, and, no. and I completely understand why. And I completely understand where uh, the big majority of ambassadors are um, career diplomats because mm. it really it, it, it's a career and, and you have to invest yourself into this kind of role to, to do it not only very well, but to do it in the respect of, of the role. Um, though there's few exceptions, and, and, and I was one. Um, and I had to adapt, but I have to say, Kyla, that uh, my team in Paris needed also to adapt to my style. I was either too old or too mature to change. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's go for mature and not mm -hmm. old. But um, so there's one thing that was very, very different uh, in diplomacy, the speed of things. Uh, diplomacy is by nature a very slow pace environment, uh, except when there's crisis, but usually it's very slow pace. And you know what, Kaila? It's a good thing because mm. it's highly complex and um, diplomacy needs to take into consideration many point of views, values, vision, uh, ideas, ideology also. Um, so I had to adapt my pace. I'm, I'm highly renowned to be highly impatient. Uh, and, and that's totally true. So that was quite an adaptation for me when I moved from the private sector to, um, 
to diplomacy. Coming back to the business sector, um, well, I'm, I'm bringing back the skills that I had um, when I left for Paris. But what I'm bringing back, Kyla, is I, I believe additional skills of um, negotiation. Mm. I'll explain. Usually we do negotiate in business on, on numbers. And around the world, except for some countries where we don't negotiate with, but uh, one plus one equal two. Uh, and I'm not saying that it's easy to negotiate on numbers, but you know what? Like it's a fact that one plus mm -hmm. one equal two. In um, in diplomacy, we always negotiate on words, on ideas, on values, and this is way much more complex. It takes uh, way much more patience and skills to better understand what on the other side of the table people are looking for. And, and, and as we know, a negotiation is a question of a win-win on both sides. So mm. you need to be respectful at understanding where people are coming from to go where and to, 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 to land where. So I do believe that I'm, I'm half joking and half very serious. I think that I'm coming back home as a better negotiator. Mm. And I know that negotiation skills are skill sets that women in particular often feel they don't have much experience in or they have less confidence around. So interesting that you're bringing that front and center into your role, you know, at BDC and, and as the leader. Um, this is a space I think a lot of women entrepreneurs in particular are interested in, in anchoring into and getting more familiar with and, and more comfortable in that space. Though I do think, Kyla, that we're better negotiator than we think. Mm, I agree. I think that we're just a little bit more intimidating mm. by by negotiating because we feel that negotiation, too often we feel that negotiation is winning. There's a winner and a loser. Um, and and women, usually we don't like to create losers in life. Mm. So and And we don't like to lose neither. So we try to escape from negotiations, mm -hmm. but um, we negotiate on a daily basis only with our kids to start with, with our parents mm -hmm. also, with our friends. So it's, um, it's a question of uh, better understanding what negotiation is all about and mm -hmm. also uh, keeping in mind that a negotiation is a win-win solution. Mm, there's a great book on this as well called Never Split the Difference for, for anyone looking for some <laughs> literature on this and some extra reading. Uh, I couldn't agree more. With other skill sets or, you know, unique roles, perspectives that you're bringing um, into the BDC, what other areas do you think that women in leadership positions like yours bring to a business um, and that are that are unique compared to male counterparts? Well, I think that for any organizations, the, the real value of having women around the table is having a, a highly diversified team. So I'm not lobbying or thinking that a 100% uh, feminine team or organization would be, would be, uh, would be the way to go. Mm -hmm. I think that um, we need to build teams in which we have different perspectives and bringing women around the table with men together, it does offer a perspective that is way much more complete. What mm -hmm. women are bringing to the table, Kyla, is always thinking about the impact on the community, on others. And uh, I, I was... Um, I was speaking to a friend uh, a few days ago saying, you know, like through the pandemic, we have seen a great number 
and a greater number of women in leadership roles being visible and, and heard and managing the crisis. And why is that? Mm -hmm. Well, because the human was right in the center of this crisis. And, and going forward, I do think, Kyla, that more and more women will be called upon to contribute to what should be next, because we have that skill of thinking, well, what will be the impact on individuals if we move from A, B to C, whereby men will have um, the reflex of thinking, what will be the impact on ourselves? What will be the impact on our growth? And I'm not saying that one is better the, than the other one, but it's the combination of both that gives you a way much more complete perspective for upcoming decisions. And, and all organizations of all sizes will be forced in the next future to decide on how they should reinvent themselves to face not only the future, but the present, because probably, and I hope you will agree with me, Kyla, mm -hmm. that the world before is not coming back. Mm -hmm. what, what and how we were doing things 18 months ago is not coming back. Mm -hmm. it, it, it won't all disappear, but rules have changed. Expectations have changed also from, from, from Canadian, from employees and organizations will need to adapt. And that's why having more women at the table is a, is it, it's now like non-negotiable. Mm -hmm. And I do think that more and more women will be called to the table to contribute. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. And, and hope that that is the direction forward that we can learn some of these lessons. <laughs> Agreed. And, you know, you brought up the organizational perspective and, you know, we're seeing this within, um, you know, the founder space and actually looking at women entrepreneurs, but also the support organizations that are supporting their journeys and as they navigate starting up and scaling up. So at the BDC, what we don't get to see on a regular day is how you're sort of living and breathing women's empowerment as a support organization internally. How, how are you planning to embed some of these values as this environment continues to change around, you know, quality, empowerment in BDC's day-to-day um, -day operations and employee culture? What does that look like for you? Uh, and now with a woman at the helm, what does the future look like for BDC in that space? So when the Canadian government and other governments around the world, I've seen and heard this also in France, when, when the government promised to rebuild better and in a more inclusive way, I think that it's, um, it, it, it's well out there that we need to include more diversity around the table and more woman table. Mm. We came to the conclusion uh, at BDC that there's at least, well, there's a number of underserved clientes that we need to do better with and for, and at least three of those, Akaila. And one is woman entrepreneur, the second one is indigenous entrepreneur, and the third one is black communities entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And we can find women in well, of course, in the woman entrepreneur, but in the two other categories, there's also woman indigenous entrepreneur and black woman entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So we have to do better at reaching out. Well, no, let me backtrack. We need to state the objective in an even more ambitious way that we're here mm -hmm. to help woman entrepreneur. Now to do better and more, Kyla, we have to listen. We have to listen and figure out what are the triggers for women entrepreneurs to consider 
BDC or other financial institutions, because I do think that women are highly intimidated by financial institutions. So I do think that we have to listen. We have to develop a different narrative, I would say. Um, and also, we have to understand what are our unconscious BA. Because I, I do fear that we talk to women and we ask to women entrepreneur the same exact questions that we've been asking for the last 50 years mm -hmm. to entrepreneurs and, and look at where we are. Mm -hmm. There's not enough women getting support and not only lending uh, products, but support from uh, everyone to see more and women getting into starting their business, growing their business and generating growth. So we need to reshape um, the way we go to market. And, and to do that, Kyla, I do believe and I'm convinced that we have to uh, be better listener mm. and, and adapt our go to market approach so that we resonate and we're more relevant with women, and we don't create intimidation around financial literacy that they think, you know how we're a good woman, that, to, to say that we're not that good, that we are not, like we, we underplay. Humble. humble. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. yeah. It, it, I always say to women, like, it's very nice to say that we are humble, but at, at one point, it, it's not humbleness anymore, mm -hmm. you know? We, we turn in circle and we are creating ourselves for ourselves, mm -hmm. roadblocks. Mm -hmm. So we need to be there and, and be probably more ambitious BDC to help more women, but not only lending more money, but getting traction on a greater number of women. Mm. So a woman is one of our top clientele with which we need to do better and more. And so after, you know, we've, we've changed this narrative, we've uncovered some of these unconscious biases, we've reduced these barriers. What does the future of entrepreneurial support look like for women founders from your perspective? As we're approaching Women Entrepreneurship Day, what is the ideal future state that you're going to be working towards with these ambitious goals? Well, first of all, I, I hope to see more a uh, female entrepreneur mm. uh, that would uh, start their own company. But also, I wish to see more of the very small company to grow to small and to scale to medium and always being owned and led by, by a woman. Mm. I, I, I do think that the number will make a difference, uh, Kyla. We, we need to be proud of all those women entrepreneurs that have already succeeded. We have to make sure that there's more at the table, more at the startup level, and, and more growing from very small to small and scaling up from small to medium. And, and we need also to be there at every step with probably a different approach, a different mindset and different products. But we also need to generate growth for the companies being led and owned by women. Mm, I completely agree. It's almost, you know, we're planting more seeds and then we have more fruitful harvest <laughs> at the end of the day exactly. that we're, we have more, uh, a more robust garden of entrepreneurship. I love and, that. 
And you know very well, Kyla, what it needs, like being owned by a man or, or a woman. But to scale up a company, you need to be way much more um, at ease with taking risks. Mm. We, we talked about negotiation skills. Uh, tout à fait. I totally agree. Like to succeed, especially in business, you know, you have to be a damn good negotiator. Mm -hmm. But you also need to be less and less risk averse. Mm -hmm. Because to grow from small to medium, you know very well that you need to take some calculated risks, but still risks. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that we need to come a little bit more comfortable with taking risks, especially Great. women. It's all a part of the entrepreneurship journey. No risk, no reward. Exactly. <laughs> so we keep coming back to the word ambition, which I love. And in so many of the conversations that you and I have had, um, making more ambitious targets and, and being accountable to more ambitious goals, I think is a really inspiring message uh, for both our listeners and just you know Canadians in general. Uh, and I know this is really important to you as the co-founder of The A Effect which is an initiative whose goal is to really propel female ambition and assist women and support companies with one aim in mind, contribute to creating a more equal world. I love that, that sort of gender parity component. <laughs> what does ambition mean to you, Isabel? <laughs> what role does this play, you know, in your everyday and in your overall career journey? What is ambition to you? Well, ambition is all about the energy that is in you and that you're ready to share with uh, with people around you to mm -hmm. either lead or contribute to bring people to higher summits. And too often, uh, and too many people would, would think that ambition doesn't sound very positive. Well, I totally disagree. Like mm -hmm. ambition is a very positive energy. And too often women, we sit on our ambition because we don't want to steal anything from anyone. We don't want to disrupt uh, anything or uh, an area where it's comfortable for others to bring their own energy. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, there's not only one kind of ambition. Each one we have our own ambition or ambitions. And you're the only one that can deploy that energy or retain that energy. Mm -hmm. And I'm not one that believes, Kyla, that men are that women are less ambitious than men. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm one that believes that women are way much more um, shy of deploying that energy that too often is looked at being like bully or or cocky when when it's not like when you have an ambition to move from a to b you can do this in great respect of people around you but with the drive and the energy that you have mm -hmm. so a effect was all about to bring back um a positive light around the word ambition first mm -hmm. and second to like if we if we say to many people you should do more uh, for parity to many organizations you need to do more for parity i'm one that always uh, also says to women if you really want it it's up to you to get it mm -hmm. so um, the afx is an experience a virtual experience on 100 days where we talk about confidence where we talk about negotiation and uh, risks, and where we talk about network and networking and influence. Mm -hmm. 
because I've experienced myself that without those three categories of skills, it's quite difficult to go up the ladder and, and aim to high summits. And it's been seven years. Um, it makes me very, very proud. I've, I've launched this seven years ago without knowing, Kyla, that I was launching a brand and that people mm. would buy into it. Mm. And uh, we now have uh, more than 5,000 women that went through the program. And interestingly enough, Kyla, when we do survey those women two years after the A-Effect experience, 60% of them have I've been promoted at least twice. Wow. And uh, well, 65% of the women that participated to uh, the program that did not manage team prior to the experience do now manage people. So it, it mm. says a lot about showing some role models to, to those participants, but also talking about behaviors that you need to adapt, adopt, or leave behind. Because mm. often we're our worst enemy, Kyla. Mm -hmm. I love that. What do you need to adapt, adopt, or leave behind? That's a great post-it moment to put on your computer as a daily <laughs> reminder. <laughs> Amazing. And looking, you know, I think we can all get behind what you've just described. And, you know, the impact is right there in the numbers that you shared. How can listeners cultivate and use ambition as a strategy when they're attempting, you know, either to start a business or grow an existing one or just for their own professional development? What is the how here? Do you have any secret sauce and how people can really cultivate and create that sense of ambition? Or is it more inherent and you're kind of refining it using different strategies? Well, I would say there's one word, focus, focus, and focus. Mm -hmm. Like, first of all, understand very well what is your ambition. And then keep the eyes on your, on your ambition and on the horizon. And don't get distracted by people that will tell you that it's impossible, that people will say you will fail, that people will say, well, it's going to be too difficult. It's probably all a little bit true, but mm. keep your eyes on the ball and stay focused on what you want to deliver. So that would be the first thing, focus. The second element, Kyla, is surround yourself with very strong people, mm -hmm. people that know more than you do, people that have different skills than you do. It's quite a challenge to manage such a team uh, on a daily basis, but results are way much more impressive and sustainable at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So I would say like focus, Surround yourself with stronger people than yourself or as strong people than yourself. And then the third element, and specifically for women, I would say aim for excellency and not perfection. Mm -hmm. I think that we are raised to be perfect. As little girls, we looked at ballerinas whereby uh, kids, um, little boys, will look at hockey players. Well, the hockey players are excellent. Ballerinas are perfect. Mm. And I think that perfection is not necessarily the right, and I love ballerinas, Kaiba, get mm -hmm. me right here. But um, I think that perfection, especially in business, is a way to turn in circle. Mm -hmm. And you'll never get a perfect story, a perfect, product, a, per, a perfect um, service, uh, it will get better and better. 
but don't wait to be perfect to launch something. Mm -hmm. So I always say to a woman, aim for excellency and not perfection. Mm, I love that. One quote that, that resonates with me around that is that perfect is the enemy of the good <laughs> that often, yeah. you know, we get stuck <laughs> in that. But I, I love this example, you know, hockey players being excellent, ballerinas being perfect, that these expectations are ingrained in us from such an early stage that, you know, there's these systems in play that impact that perception. And being aware of that is is very empowering to to really make a cognizant effort to not aim for that perfection, but excellence, uh, that you can still be really impressive and ambitious and courageous uh, without, you know, having to be 100% uh, perfect in, in every instance of your business. Amazing. So when you look at, you know, ambitions for women entrepreneurs as BDC's new president and CEO, what else are you looking forward to? Is there anything else that um, as the new leader, you're excited about championing for women entrepreneurs in particular? Well, since I've uh, officially uh, joined the organization in um, August, um, I've put uh, to the team, um, in front of the team, the goal to redefine altogether what is the impact we want to have in mm -hmm. Canada. And I do think, honestly, Kyla, that we will land somewhere where, of course, impact will be defined by financial results, but not only. And I do think that when we will be ready to tell the story around the impact we want to have, it will resonate a little bit more with and for women. And I hope that we will become way much more uh, relevant for women. I hope that women will consider BDC as one of their financial institutions and not the only one, but one of their top uh, preferred financial institution. Mm -hmm. And I hope that um, we will be able to uh, be credible in front of uh, those uh, women entrepreneur. And I hope that they will come in a greater number to knock on our door and to put pressure that we become better and, and better. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to get and to absorb the tension that women entrepreneur will put on BDC, because otherwise we will not get better at serving them. Mm. I love that uh, that courageousness that you're approaching this through, that you're really trying <laughs> to make a meaningful difference here. And I think that matters a lot, that this is not just coming from an efficiency standpoint. This is coming from you know a really important need that you're identifying that you're going to be pulling BDC through over the coming years and, and months, um, which is, you know I think, really timely and very encouraging to see from, from other support organizations. So thank you for that, Isabel. <laughs> Merci. <laughs> Merci beaucoup. So any final takeaways, Isabel, either leadership advice, uh, you know, final words to, to spark that ambitious next goal that our women entrepreneurs listening today can implement into their business? What are your final takeaways? Well, other than uh, the piece of advice on uh, excellency versus um, uh, perfection, mm -hmm. I would say that there's, um, there's another thing that we are struggling with women, and especially women entrepreneur, but not only women entrepreneur, is I don't know why, but we always aim or we have the goal to please everyone. And uh, in business, men or women, it's impossible. And in life in general, it's impossible. So I would invite women entrepreneur not to aim at pleasing everyone, not necessarily to create the reverse, neither. But don't, don't get discouraged by the fact that not everyone will 
will listen to you and not everyone will think that your idea is a damn very good one. Mm -hmm. um, you should not let anyone discourage your, yourself and keep your eyes on the ball and uh, stay focused. And remember, I don't know how many people, new people you meet on a daily basis, but it's impossible to like everyone or mm -hmm. to highly appreciate everyone we meet. So why should we put the pressure on ourselves to please everyone we meet? Mm -hmm. Keep your, uh, your eyes on the ball, stay focused and uh, go for it and go for your dreams and go for your ambitions. Incredible. I think that's fabulous advice to end today's podcast on, Isabel. You know, you can't be all things to all people. That is a lesson that many of us learn the hard way. Um, and so many valuable pieces of advice that you've covered here to stay focused, you know, surround yourself with incredible community and people that are smarter than you are in many instances and aim for excellence, not perfection. I think those are also really fantastic takeaways from our chat today, Isabel. Merci, Kyla. Thank you very much for the invitation. And anytime you know where to find me. Amazing. Thank you, Isabel. We are so excited to continue this adventure together uh, with you at the helm of BDC and can't wait to see where you take the organization next. Thanks. Talk to you very soon. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Women podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, VDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook, Resources for Women Entrepreneurs, with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. And visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast, hosted by Rick Spence, and plug into the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to choose to challenge the status quo and unleash the economic potential of women.